0: You're listening to Productive Flourishing. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Rather than be what Deb's total video was or what I see a lot of creatives do is this all-you-can-eat buffet. So a client or somebody comes to you and because you're capable, because you're competent, you, in your head, you're going, here we go again, another one of these stupid jobs. I don't want to do this or whatever. But your mouth says, sure, I can do it. And so that's how we end up with these prisons. It's like I did everything for everybody because I could. And it wasn't until I said, this is what I stand for. This is who I am. This is how I do it. That Then as a byproduct, dude, that was when Tim Ferriss, Tony Robbins, Richard Branson, all this incredible stuff within 12 months started to happen because I stood for something. And when somebody came to me in the sushi restaurant, let's say, I didn't make them a supreme pizza anymore.
0: That was Michael Gebbin. He goes by Gebb's who founded and grew Gepp's TV, only to realize that he was building something that was making him miserable. After reconfiguring his business to work for him, he realized that he had a major problem. His use of credit cards concealed the fact that it was distorting his understanding of the success of his business, and he was in a real problem with debt. Our conversation today centers on the prisons we make for ourselves, and how hard it is to break free of them. I'm Charlie Gilkey, and this is Productive Flourishing. Welcome to Productive Flourishing, where we explore how to do the work that matters so you become your best self in the world. I'm your host, Charlie Gilkey, and I'm joined by Angela Wheeler and other guests who will share their stories, insights, wins, and challenges in the hopes that our journeys and stories will help you with yours. Now, on to the show. All right, Gibbs, thanks so much for joining me on the Productive Flourishing podcast today. And I'm really excited because I think one of the things that is not talked about enough in creative endeavors is how easy it actually is to build a prison for yourself Mm -hmm. and not realize you've done it and then be sort of stuck in this prison of your own design. And you've gone through at least two of them that I know about, right? (laughs) Yep. And so I'd like to talk a little bit about this. And so um, jumping right in, tell us how... Um, tell us about Geb's TV and yeah. how and when you realized. Like, what was that moment when you realize, "crap, this is not working for me." Like, I am How did I end up here? You know. Tell yeah. us about that moment and and how you got there.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's it, it's it's funny because my dad was always into filmmaking and movies, and he made things in the '80s, and then we made some films in uh, in in grade school. Uh, slash high school. We had a few film festivals and things. And my dad works at a cemetery, and so I was always kind of entrepreneurial. I mean, I had a candy machine business in high school. I got a paper out when I was ten. I did a little, you know, car washing thing. I did all these different things. I never could figure out exactly what it was going to be that I wanted to do. But then we got asked uh, by a funeral home if we could make a slideshow. So somebody passes away, mm-hmm. put pictures and music together. And that was my first kind of entrepreneurial endeavor of making money that ended up being the thing I built momentum with and, and, and went down that path. But when I originally told my parents, just give me one year, if it doesn't work out, like I was about to graduate, I didn't want to go to college. I said, if it doesn't work out, just give me one year and I can go to college. Of course, I wasn't going back because I never started um, and I never wanted to go. So I went balls to the walls on, on making, you know, that whole thing work. But what's interesting is when I started, and I think a lot of people who start businesses think, I'll have all this free time, I'll have this money, and I'll do this, this other thing, you know? And so part of that was originally kind of around the movie thing. And what I realized through time, though, is that was much more my dad's dream than it was my own. So not only was I following somewhat, not, he didn't push that upon me, but it's just it's just what happened. And then as the company grew and as things took off, I recognized, one, I I wasn't just as into the the movie stuff, that that was more of my dad. Um, And then from there, I didn't have the time. I kind of had the money. I had the gear. I had that stuff. But – it was really in 2010 because by 2006, so a little context, um, I graduated high school in 2005, 2006, I opened the doors, May 1st, 2006, Gebb's Total Video opened. So it wasn't even Gebb's TV, it was Gebb's Total Video. So I did everything for everybody that walked or crawled that I could point a camera at. But the sweet spot became weddings. But I did everything in addition to weddings but in 2010, I was about nine months behind delivering people's wedding videos, and I didn't want to go to the movie. I didn't want to, you know, answer the phone, email, or anything because I thought somebody's going to chew me out. Like they're going to be pissed off because I haven't delivered their video. They're going to be like, "Why are you enjoying yourself?" You know, if they saw me out and about. Now, for and, context,
0: this is when you were in your small town in Illinois, Indiana. Which one it was? It was one of I those. live in
1: Illinois. Mm-hmm. I'm 30 years old. I've lived in the same city my entire life actually yeah so um,
0: this is twenty six thousand people so and yep. i assume many of the weddings were local and so yeah, when you so say you don't we- want to no, go to the you- movie like
1: yeah well people would yeah it was a small just like you mentioned before we got on here like the internet's small well when you're in a small town the high there's a high likelihood that i will see someone that i know if i go to the grocery store or the movie or wherever and so um Yeah. And a lot of them were local. Now I live close to St. Louis, Missouri, which is millions actually. And it's 25, 30 minutes away. And there was a lot of the weddings there as well um, that I did. But what happened was I started to ask the couples, you know, what they liked out of what I delivered because I was delivering upwards of 10 to 12 different videos. Now I was very influenced by my peer group and the industry and whatever to shoot a certain way and edit a certain way and do all these things. But in 2006, I did a same day edit. It's a very uh, first of its kind in the United States. Actually, I was one of maybe 20 guys. I was in magazines, all this kind of stuff because I shot that day and I showed a video that night. People were used to like slideshows and you know, they even, I would, people want to book me the next weekend because they thought, wow, wedding videos suck. You know, and that didn't suck. So I don't have a videographer because I didn't want one because it sucked. And, you know, and so then they'd ask me if I was available for their next week. But what happened was I asked some of these couples, I said, you know, they'd had their DVD for six months to a year. And they're like, the only thing they watched was the same day edit. And finally, I was so fed up. And I thought, you know what? Enough is enough. Like, I'm going to shoot, edit, speak, dress and do everything my way. And if, if it doesn't work well, whatever, like I wanna give this all up because it's, I'm kind of miserable right now. Like I had my wife I'm now married to, we broke up in 2009, I was all in on business. It was, you know, it's go up till two o'clock in the morning, all this stuff. And so I just made this decision and it seemed selfish. It, it sounds selfish, but what I realized is rather than be what Deb's total video was, or what I see a lot of creatives do is this all you can eat buffet. So a client or somebody comes to you and because you're capable, because you're competent, you, in your head, you're going, here we go again, another one of these stupid jobs. I don't want to do this or whatever. But your mouth says, sure, I can do it. And so that's how we end up with these prisons. It's like, I did everything for everybody because I could. And it wasn't until I said, this is what I stand for. This is who I am. This is how I do it. that Then as a byproduct, dude, That was when Tim Ferriss, Tony Robbins, Richard Branson, all this incredible stuff within 12 months started to happen because I stood for something. And when somebody came to me in the sushi restaurant, let's say, I didn't make them a supreme pizza anymore. It doesn't mean I was a you know, jerk about it. But at the same time, I just I have this passion and enthusiasm that now came through where people knew, like, I poured my heart and soul into this now. So I served them actually greater, which is not what people think. They think, well, if I if they want this, say yes, because I'll get the job. Well, for me, I'd rather refer it or give it to somebody else. So anyways, that's that's a start there. And I can go on 30 minute tangents before stopping. So I'll, I'll, I'll try to be aware to, to take breath.
0: No, I mean, but that's the that's the point is somehow it's two things. Right. Everyone remember, and we have to say this and practice this a lot. No is a complete sentence. Like no, you don't have to say no because this or no. Maybe we can like you don't have to like put a whole bunch. You could just say no, right? Yes. Um, And the more that as a creative professional, whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're um, an employed creative professional, the more that you can say this is what I'm best at. Yes. This is what I do. Right. The more people will start to like honor that and give more of that to you, and that might mean. Especially for the employed creative knowledge worker, right? That might mean that you find some other place or they find another place for you because they're like, We want you to do everything. Yeah. And you look at them and you're like, I can't do everything. Yeah. I won't do everything, right? Um, I want like this is the work that I'm going to do going forward, right? So I think that the fear that so many creative people have is that by saying no and saying that they don't do certain things, that they are somehow exposing their weaknesses or they're exposing their lack of competency or something like that. When what I would want to to say Superman, right? Yeah. What I would want to say is you're actually exposing your ability to make good decisions. You're exposing your ability to be a pro and you're exposing your ability to really showcase what you're going to be best in the world. And I'm using Seth Godin's best in the world, best in your local world. So you might not be the best videographer in the world, but you know, in Illinois, You totally got Illinois locked down, right? Um, And when anyone in Illinois says, Hey, you need a wedding photographer or wedding videographer, one name comes up, right? Right. And, you know, there's just a certain power to being able to say, That's not what I do. I, I, you know, I wish you the best. Here are three people who do all those things. Go talk to them.
1: Yeah. Well, and I'll, I'll chime in there. Like when you're a big fish in a little pond versus an amoeba in an ocean, the reality is now I have people flying me to New York, to LA, to San Diego, and there is just as talented people and more talented in their backyard. But because I stand for something, which is what we're talking about here, and I'm certain and confident in that area, people know, and that just comes across. Plus I found, I mean, new thing you you asked me beforehand, you know, there's a number of things probably gonna come up. Where have I gotten to talk about or what can I talk about certain things? For me, one thing is recognizing that right now, more than the actual, whatever it is that service you offer, photography, design work, art, video, the product, the deliverable is actually not at all the most important thing. Because for me, what I'm seeing is why would someone fly me to another state when there's someone, they don't have to pay for flights, they don't have to pay for hotel. And more than likely, just because of the way things have shaped up, I'm also charging more than the average person as well. So there's all this extra cost that goes into the fact that my final product might actually not look as good as some guy right in their backyard, but they're actually, they're booking me for me, for Michael Gebbin and all the little things outside of that final product that I produce and bring to the table that the average guy doesn't. And that's where the differentiation starts to, to, to happen that you know we can't differentiate as much anymore based on the way it looks and the gear we use and and all that. Like everyone has access to at least have a base level of looking pretty doggone good to where the clients can't even tell a difference. And now you're just a number and they're just gonna be looking at who's the cheapest. Cause if the work looks the same and that's the only differentiator, I'm going with the cheapest guy. But if it's more than that, you know, that makes all the difference.
0: Yeah, I wanna say whatever, whatever field we're in, you no longer can win just on pixels right so yeah. whether you're a designer and you're moving a pixel over like two to make it just perfect or whether you're you know a videographer and you're just really making that cut frame you know
1: just that microsecond a little bit better like right you're you're not going to what is it well, this is the big topic, like I talk about, the MIA, massive imperfect action. Yeah. Like, nobody's perfect, right? Somebody doesn't like, you You have like a pinkish, orange shirt on right now and whatever. Like, some people are like, ah, I don't like that. And other people go, like, oh my God, I love that color. But who's right and who's wrong? What's good or bad? That's what I've learned through the years is, you know, it's all opinions.
0: Well, yeah. And if, if someone, you know, watching this on Facebook Live or listening to this now is like focused on the clothes that I wear, they have fundamentally got the wrong guy, well, right? Well, sure. Um, of course, and so- of that's not, that's not my jam. And like, if yeah. that's, you know, and I think we're actually seeing that. So this is a tangent, but I guess no conversation is a tangent. Like, I think a lot of people, um, because they're influenced by certain people, are like, anytime I do a video, it's got to be polished, and it's got to be corporate, and I've got to have my yeah. hair just right, and I've got to have the lighting just right. And, you know, they got it dialed down, and then do this real hi-fi video. Yeah. When, you know, more and more that I see is like people actually don't care that much about that. Certain people care a whole lot about that, right? But a lot of people don't care, right? They're like, I want great content. I want you to be funny. I want you to be authentic and real and human. And I want you to show me what's interesting for you. Not necessarily this well-crafted, you know, five-minute video where you've rehearsed every line and it's like, you know...
1: That's actually becoming more and more in, in the circles I run in, that is more and more less or less and less effective than it's ever been because people see right through it now and and people think there's an actor doing it. There's a th-, you know, and so the more you strip all that polish away and you get to that core, that's what people are paying attention to. So the more polish, which is good for a lot of people because now it's that much easier, which also makes it that much more competitive. But at the same time, it's like, it, it's it's the cream what rises at to the top, I guess, right? You know. Yeah, so, I mean,
0: and we went through this period, like I would say, from two thousand nine to two thousand and twelve, where there was a period of high production for everything, right? Mm-hmm. And so, whether it was a blog post, you had all the infographics, you had all the things. Whether right. it was a video, you had all the things. Podcasting is probably reaching that point to where people want all the things and all the mixes and all the sounds and all the things like that, right? Yeah. Um, and at a certain point, once you figure out the different science of production, the sciences of production. What people will back away and say, yes, this looks really good, but it doesn't say anything of substance, right? right. Yep. Um, it, you, you've made this really pretty box with nothing in it. And yep. so what I will say here is, and this is just an encouragement for everybody, like if you've wanted to start a YouTube channel and you're like, I got to get the gear and I got to have the, the film and, and microphone that Gebs has, and it's got to be this. I'm like, if you yep. have a, if you have a smartphone like that's got a decent camera and you got the little earbuds that go to it. If you've got an iPhone, you know, yep. iPhone 6 and earbuds, you have a totally competent piece 100%. of equipment that you can do this with. If you it's want, the wizard, not the wand. Exactly. If if <laughs> you wanna you know, if you wanna do a podcast, you've got the same technology. If you want to write a blog that that really matters, you can jump right to medium. You don't even have to worry about right. the rest of it. So yep. um that's what's funny is that As the bar continues to go lower and lower about what it takes to enter the marketplace, people think that the polish has to go up. But what's actually happened is we want more signal, less noise. Yes. And like signal will always win. It will always win. And so if you've got signal and you've got whatever you've got that you can get it out there, like do it, you know?
1: Yes, 100%. 100%. 100%. Love it.
0: And so, it. Um, you know, th- that, was, that was the weird thing. And so you can't win on pixels. What I will say is, you know, um, you can win on process. You can win on experience. You can win mm-hmm. on expertise. You can win on all those other things, which yeah. sometimes will show up in the product. Sometimes it won't. But um, right. in your case, you know, what was interesting is when you said to me, like, you were able to do next day or the same day cuts. Yeah. I was like, well, obviously, because if I paid for that. And I had this huge event and I got to watch the video right then, it's all super fresh. Nine months from now, you yeah. give me the video, I'm like, dude, like yeah. life has moved on. Like yeah. in the same way if you're talking about on the personal life. But if you're talking about on the business side, if I'm hiring you to like mix and cut my video for the event, yeah. it'd be fantastic to be able to show people at the event what it is, or at which, least which we do. Yeah. Or at least, at least within a week, because I mean, who remembers three weeks ago anymore?
1: Well, we, yeah, we live in an instant gratification world. So, you know, when it comes to all that, speed is 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 everything, um, you know. It, I mean, some people would argue the opposite again, and that's when you get a perfection. Well, I got to work on this project for three years. But, I mean, the amount of people that win in that world, you already are known and, and, and have a brand, and they'll wait. But if you're unknown, sitting around working on a masterpiece for, you know, half your life, and then hoping some magical thing's going to happen, like that is, you might as well, you know, you have a higher probability of like, you know, getting struck by lightning. You know, it, it's just, it doesn't it doesn't work that way. That's why for me, just action brings clarity. You know, action brings confidence. You don't, you, you know, the, there's so much like, what are they, <laughs> mental masturbation, you know, this idea of this, you know, thinking, listening, watching, learning over and over and over again while never doing anything. And then as a byproduct, as soon as you maybe go and do something, you think you got it all figured out. It doesn't go any way how you planned. And then you're like, crap. And then, you know, most people, because they spent so much time building up to that, then they're devastated and it's the end of the world. Um, You get comfortable with just the fact that mistakes and failure and all these things, they're so a part of the process. And it's cliche, but God, it's so true. Yeah, well, uh-huh. and I talk about this in some of my keynotes,
0: right? But what, what one of the reasons we have to take um, finishing so importantly, right? We all know it's important to finish what we start, right? Finish the sure. things that matter. Not everything we start actually matters, and you can figure that out most of the way through. But the thing about it is you only get mastery when you finish something. You don't yes. get mastery just thinking about it. You don't, because you need that kinesthetic feedback from the world, right? When yeah. you're making art, you need to show it to someone And have the desired effect. And if you make it and it doesn't have the desired effect on 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 its right people, then you know that in some way, some way along the way, you did not master that. Right. And you can go back and you do it better. But you know that masterpiece that you've been working on for ten years, it may in fact be a masterpiece. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say whether. But the odds of you working on something for ten years and it coming out and being without showing your work at some point. And it being a true masterpiece is not all that great, right, when, yeah. you, when you look at this. And so there are plenty of people working on masterpieces right now listening to this that don't realize that time is actually not working for you in some ways, right? Because there are plenty of people working on masterpieces who go broke because working on something does not get you paid for it. Right. If someone like at certain point you got to ship something, whether you're working for someone else and you've got a product that they've assigned to you, or whether you're a freelancer who's been contracted to do a certain thing, whether you're an entrepreneur, you have to ship something in the marketplace if you want to pay your bills. It's just the reality of things. Of course. Yes. Hundred percent. And so you know you mentioned that um, with Gap's Total TV or Total Total Video. Total
1: Video. Yeah.
0: um, When you contracted what you actually did. It's when you actually found success. Uh, Yeah.
1: Found a sweet spot that just allowed me to have more, have what I started out thinking I could get, which was freedom and time and money and doing what I loved and all that. But the prison came because I did everything for everybody. It was people pleaser. So whatever you wanted, if I had, if I could edit it, if I could film it, if I could do any of those things, it didn't matter. If I mean, people would always go, "Oh, but you're so creative! I've got this idea for a script," and da 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 da. And and, and until I had like really, I was self-aware. I'm sitting here going, "Okay," and then I procrastinate on that job forever. I don't really do that great of a job, and like, of course, people aren't dying to refer me. But in those years where I zoned in, man, I, it's just like it's just you're on fire. You know, it's effortless. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing that, that makes all the difference. Otherwise life's really difficult and really hard. What I wanted to pull out here
0: is a lot of times when people find themselves stuck in in what might be their own cage, is you end up with this sort of baby bathwater problem. You're like, this whole thing sucks. I gotta do it. It's time for a career change. And they'll jump right. and do something else, right? I'm not realizing that whatever created that cage for them in the first career is going to follow you, right? It's not like magically Uh delicious that it's like, oh, you just made this decision and all of your patterns and decision-making processes and biases somehow go away. Nope, they go with you. But a lot of times when you're in this, it's not the whole thing. It's parts of it. And identifying, it's not that I hate film. It's not that I hate video. It's not that I hate, you know, being on site and recording things. It's just I hate making stuff that I know is not going to do its job or making and I'm not proud of when
1: I got done with vi- video I, when I got done with jobs I couldn't even watch them again I was I like had no excitement and within those years when I shifted dude I'd finish a wedding video I'd watch it 30 times before I went to bed that night I was so proud of what I put together but 80 90 percent of what I was putting together I couldn't wait to get out of my hands and you know you bring up that that'll tie into some of the stuff that I mentioned right before we got on as well because what I've seen is is that we're fixing service surface level problems and not the core problems? So let me change this, do this, do this over here. But because you haven't really identified the root problem, that thing just follows you around, and you're like, "What the hell? This isn't it. Okay, maybe this is it, and this is it." And I, oh my God, since 2010, that has happened. I mean, I'm throwing around, but it's had to happen a half a dozen or more times to me from self worth levels of like pointing the spotlight on other people. I was going to talk about money issues. You know, those are a couple areas right off the top of the head that without going into much more, we'll probably take up, you know, two thirds of the rest of the the time we talk. But like, those are two areas where I found myself constantly, like when it came to self-worth, I always pointed the spotlight at other people. And so video was the spotlight. I'm like, they're hiring me for the video. They're not hiring Michael Gebbin. And then when I was doing, you know, I'm doing coaching and training and mentoring and all that stuff, it's like low self-worth again. So I overcame it kind of in video finally. And then by the time I I went into doing this other stuff, I was back to the 19 year old kid who was like, well, nobody's going to pay me more than $500. And you know, who am I and whatever. And I don't look much different besides I have some scruff and glasses now, but like, um, you know, so I, I started doing, I get business partners and it was all about them. Like, I don't really add a lot of value to this. I'm just kind of a little enhancement and whatever. And I just kept doing And then I'd switch and I'd get somebody else. Same shit happens different day, you know? And, and it's just, and, and until, and in the last 12 months have been the biggest, just breakthroughs in so many areas, because that was what I started to see is like, What are the core problems in these areas and why, you know, that definition of insanity, keep doing the same thing, keep getting the same, like that kept happening. And I'm just like, I got to get to the root of this stuff because otherwise I'm sitting here with the same problem over and over and over again. And so that's huge. And I think a lot of people, and it's because I think we're influenced by others so much so we allow others to even create problems that potentially don't even exist. How much money we should make, what success looks like, where we should live, what kind of work we should do. And that's what happened to me. I thought, I need to make certain kind of money, I need to live in a certain kind of house, I need to do certain kind of work because that's this guy's successful. What success? Well, the money he's making, the traveling he has, the cars he has, the jobs he gets, the, you know, all these things. And so we lose ourselves in this process and then it just becomes difficult to find ourselves again. And because life doesn't slow down, more stuff piles on and more stuff piles on. And you got, then I'm married now. We're talking about kids, you know, all of this stuff starts to happen. When I was 19 and started, I lived in my parents' basement and, you know, me and my two buddies could go out, drive three hours, be gone for 12 and get 250 bucks. And we're like rainbows and butterflies and all is two thumbs up, you know, but Life changes and depending on where that person's at, whether they're in a career or have a job right now and they want to quit that job or they think they do. I mean, one thing I've seen, um, you know, is that there's a lot of people who quit the job, did the entrepreneurial thing, started their own thing three or four years in, and now they're going back to having a job again because they recognize, hey, that wasn't that bad. And I can actually do what I love within this organization and stay in a sweet spot rather than now I spend 90% of my time doing stuff I hate and I get to spend 10% doing the thing I love. So maybe it's a matter of not working for myself, but finding a, a company or organization that I can fit into that I can now flourish for all, you know, no pun intended, but it's like, that's the thing and, and, and that's what I've been seeing. So people, you know, entrepreneurship is being way over glorified right now. I mean every I mean, I've had entrepreneurial traits since a long, young age. I've been selling my mom, I've been selling people like and you got to be a salesman, I believe, if you're gonna do your own thing. And, and so for me, people who are like always had a job, never taken a risk, never have sold anything, and then now they're being inspired, which is good, by people online right now. But, man, it's so made – to like, so many people – I'm on a mission to make sure people know it isn't easy. You know, there's a lot of struggle. There's a lot of behind the scenes. Like, if you meet me in person, I'm the same guy that you're seeing on this. He's on Facebook Live, a YouTube video, whatever. But, man, in all the world I've run around in, the influencer, thought leader, speaker space, there's a lot of what you see isn't what you get. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so, anyways. Yeah, no, well, I'm,
0: you and I share, share that in the sense that um, sometimes I get in trouble with some of my colleagues because the first thing I want to tell people about running your own business, and I'll sidestep whether you're an entrepreneur or a freelancer, but just running your own business, is that it's hard, right? It's hard because a lot of times you started as an expert. You started as an expert. You're like, I'm really good at this thing and I want more opportunities to do this thing. And my employer won't let me do this thing. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to create a business so that I'll just get to do my thing. And then exactly as you mentioned, Gabs, like you realize after a while, like 20% of my time is doing the thing, right? I'm not doing any more of the thing than I was before, but I've got all these other things. Like I've (laughs) I've got all these other things. And so it's like, You know, freedom comes with responsibility, and that's what people oftentimes don't talk about. Like, you get massive freedom. But, yeah, you also have to figure out the responsibility of, like, waking up and figuring out what you're going to do today that puts food on the table.
1: Well, a lot of people don't have that discipline to to focus and to focus on the things that matter. And so they just go – they were told what to do in their job or their career every single day. I show up. I do X, Y, and Z. Then when they have to figure out where A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and the rest of the letters go, they're like – ah. You know, And then that's what I – like I have a buddy who lives right next door to me, super self-aware. He knows he loves editing. That's it. So now myself and a few other people are his clients. We have all the clients, and he just has to show up and take care of us. So if he edits 30 projects, he doesn't have 30 different clients. He might have two or three, but that's where – if he was like, I love editing, but you know what? I think it's better if I do my own. Now I'm, I'm starting this whole little agency or whatever. And then he's got to take care of getting jobs and managing them. And like, he knows, I just want to, he wants to swim. He wants to, you know, do stuff with his, his kids, soccer games or not his kids, but his, his cousin's soccer games, you know, and he loves to edit. And so knowing that he has a lot of peace because he's not stressing himself out with all the other stuff that comes along with that. And there's not, again, there's not a right or wrong here or a good or bad. It's just what's right or wrong and good or bad for you as an individual, because it's not what works for me doesn't work for you. It doesn't work for, you know, Joey, the listener or Sally or whoever. And that's where I think a lot of what I've even tried to be even more aware of is advice that we give, even you and me, we got to be aware that, is this just generic, broad advice to the general populace? because some people people will fit and it works perfect. Well, then the greater you know, population at large takes that same advice, they're influenced or they look up to you, and they lose. Like I had one guy I was just doing a podcast with, and we were talking about how you know he was in a room because I talk about people say sometimes double your rates.
0: I know what you're talking about. But, but and yeah. this
1: guy was on stage and tells the whole room to double their rates. And what I found is, is depending on where, like, I had this guy and he's talking about when I was coaching him, I actually had him lowering his rates. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Greatest decision because it changed the whole trajectory for positive. He'd gone three years, hardly had any jobs because he thought he needed to be charging three, four, $5,000. And I'm like, would you rather have 30 jobs at a thousand or freaking four at six? Like, yeah, the money almost gets there, but no word of mouth, no momentum. No, you're not finding confidence and clarity. Like all these things are working against you at the beginning of your career. Then that note, like you said, no is a full sentence. Like to me, yes is the best word in the beginning for someone, unless you're already crystal clear, which is highly unlikely. But if you are great, but if you're not like try lots of things, do lots of things, but take it with a filter and lens of what do I cut? What do I keep? What do I, you know, and then now you can shape like I wish I would have been told some of this stuff so I could have been looking through life a little differently from 2004 to 2010 but you know thank god i figured a lot of that out and then i had to do it again and it's happening quicker but because i still i I, it's the whole did you fix the core problem when i figured it out the first time i wasn't aware of the figuring out because it just kind of accidentally happened and it felt right and i kind of ran with it but i didn't really know what happened so when i kind of had this same similar things come up in the last few years it still took a lot of self-reflection and and work because I didn't know what exactly happened the first time around. And now I feel like I have a ton of clarity around it and I can get it and figure it out a lot quicker because I'm seeing it in a different way. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing is, um, several things happen. One is when we're able to overcome these sort of root level challenges. And the first ones, it's like, sometimes it happens by happenstance. Sometimes it's just a lucky break, like whatever it is. And you know, I think a personal development is much more like a corkscrew. I and mean, people think it's circular, you know, it's like, "Oh, I'm back to the same like this again." Really, wasn't I here? It's like, "No, yeah. it's not. You're you're on a corkscrew where it's at it's over that same thing, but it's at a higher level or deeper level depending yes. upon the way that you want to think sure. about it. And now you're just coming back around and saying, "Okay, now it's time to engage with this at a deeper level." Yeah. And the grace of that is when you get there again, you know, like okay, I'm there again. It's not that I'm flawed. It's not that I'm you know defective and not learning lessons. Sure. It's just that I am at another stage of my life where this becomes important. So, for instance, boundaries is just something a lot of people have problems with. Sure. And, you know, we'll, we go through multiple stages of working with that. So, you know, Gebs, you might have had, you know, certain challenges with with boundaries when it was just in the context of you being a solo person, right? Sure. And then you get married and, you, you know, if you start the family making thing, you have to work on boundaries all over again, right? Sure. Exactly. And then, you know, once those kids get a certain age and they start doing different things, you've got, bound, you've got it all over again of trying to figure out, you know, I was just talking to Larry Robertson about this and he was like, you know he's he's further in the stage, and his kids, his uh, son is going to college, and he realized that at this stage in time he doesn't un- he doesn't know what that relationship is supposed to look like, right? And so just when he's getting it all figured out, and just when it's reaching that point, he's having to step to an uh, to a growth edge all over again because his his relationship yeah. with his son has changed, yeah. um, and so he's learning that all over again. But you know it's just, you go through these cycles. And um, a lot of times it's the same sort of core things over and over and over again. And that's okay.
1: That's so good. I think that's exactly. And I think the epiphany, the aha, the revelation, the big takeaway is that when you start to accept that problems and challenges will always be there – and more than likely, as you stated, similar things will continue to come up. You will continue to be tested and challenged in different ways, but over potentially similar things. And just having an acceptance around that and just kind of letting go that there's not a there's not a deadline, you know, there's not a destination, I should say, that we're gonna hit where we land on this, as you were mentioning, galaxies early, land on this planet of No problems, no pain, no suffering, nothing's wrong. Everything is, I always use this, rainbows and butterflies, like everything's just perfect. The utopia of that, sure, in dreams and in in movies, but like I, you know, without getting religious or any of that stuff on any of this, which I'm not going down that path at all, but like short of those things where is there a heaven, is there this, is there that, Like outside of that, I do not believe that there is on earth as I'm alive, that there is this utopia where everything goes away and everything's perfect. I figured it out. Life is great. But yet what I found is we've got to watch as we reach these authority, expert or whatever roles that we don't talk in such a way that it acts as though I don't have problems anymore. And life just is like this is what happened in my past. And now I have no challenges, you know, and I am standing on my pedestal and, and that's what I think I've at least personally have seen, have a lot of people struggle with because they look up to certain people, they, they, you know, they're heroes and this and that. And some of these people, they act infallible. Like they don't have problems. They don't have challenges. It's all easy. And it just, I did have problems and challenges, but by God, I got through those. And now, you know. I'm, I've got it together, and then what happens is, is as these people go down their path, being encouraged or inspired by these people, as soon as they hit a difficulty or a roadblock, they're beating themselves up, thinking, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Where did this come from? I thought this was supposed to be easy. I thought this was going to be, you know, me making this money, having this free time, doing what I love, and yada, yada, yada." And it's like, no, and 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 that's why, and I've and I say these things because I've been that person who has been influenced and affected. By the influencers, by the people who are out there. So i'm I try to be conscious and aware, as as I'm going out there trying to inspire people and help people and encourage people, that I'm aware of these things that that sent me down a bad path because I wasn't aware enough and just letting people know, and I see that you got that same heart and soul there to to let people know that like it's not easy. It is challenging. There are difficulties and roadblocks, and they're part of the process. And when you embrace that, Life will get a lot more easy and a lot more fun. It doesn't mean these things don't go away, but how you deal with them is just totally different when you're aware of them rather than, like I said, first time I overcame it, then it pops back up and I'm like, whoa, what the heck? Where'd this come from? You know, I thought, I thought this thing was kind of taken care of. Like I was living this super confident video guy who could deal with the Tony Robbins while simultaneously when I wanted to, you know, help and inspire and coach and train people, I'm going, uh, $5? You know, I'm I'm sitting here going, who am I? Like, am I really worth it? Like, because I didn't have a tangible either. That was my biggest problem. I'm going, I can point into video and somebody goes, oh, I love that. I want you to do that for me. But when it came to what do I point at a person and say, oh, there's Ronnie. Okay, there's a guy. Like, what did, what did he do? And what did that look like? And how did that go? And so taking this invisible thing that is, like recently people talk about energy and talking about the, you know, all these things that actually, you know, living in the Midwest here, didn't grow up with much talking about the energies and laws of the universe and all this laws of attraction and all that. So for me, I didn't become aware of it even until recently. And so people started bringing these things up to me and I'm like, oh my God, like there's so much more stuff at work here than we're taking, you know, we really take for granted because I'm just thinking, oh, it's a video. You're hiring me for that. Or, hey, I guess I'm talking to you, but what is the exact process and the formula and the framework? And then, but then I found again with me with this whole, like my way thing is that when it comes to me helping people, I'm actually not the framework structure. Like I did a certain thing my way with video that people loved. I wasn't for everybody. And what I found as I was encouraged to do all these things that other people were putting me in a box and put me in this prison is that same thing again, Michael Gebbin does things a very certain way. It might not work for everybody, but it works for me. And the people who fit into that, that, you know, that, like we were talking about the, uh, you know, very specific, set of things. And if they don't fit there, it's okay. I'm happy to refer you because maybe we're just not right fit. Being confident there. Oh man, the weight is just, you feel like you can kind of float away and life gets a lot easier again and more fun. And so that's the thing is just recognizing that there is this invisible energy and force that when I spend a day with somebody like before I, is it 12 months of coaching and uh, three modules and six and eight and this and whatever kind of programs is that no, I can do more and it's back to almost the same to edit. I can do more with somebody in a day, me, maybe other people need six months or are better with that kind of structure. But for me, I spend that day and magic happens. But I didn't believe that. I didn't own that. Just like when somebody asked, isn't a same to like a same day edit, wouldn't that be better if you had more than two hours to edit it? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. If you have like two hours at the day of, it's gotta be a lot better if you had weeks or months to put it together. And in the beginning, I'm going... Oh, yeah, because isn't that in your mind, that's how the world's kind of been, you know, we've been raised is like the more effort, the more time, the more quantity, you know, all that kind of stuff, then the more valuable it is. But what I found is when, again, I stripped everything away and had that focus, boom. And so for me, it was I had 12-month coaching programs and all this stuff, and then people spent the day, and then all this momentum happened after that, but then we didn't do any more calls. They were like, I don't, I didn't need that anymore. You know, and they were like, oh, the calls were kind of, and I recognize, well, for me, it's like the same day edit. I produce a great video that day. Outside of that, not so much. And then when it comes to coaching and training, a day, the irony of how these things parallel again, but like a day for me, and I do magic. Outside of that, not so much. So helping people <laughs> yeah. find that sweet spot so they can, as you guys would call, you know, as you, you flourish, because when you find that sweet spot, your zone of genius, and you let go, now you do get more time back. You get more freedom, you get more selective, and you can spend the energy on the things that matter, as you would, I think, say as well, I heard you say. Mm-hmm. And and so, God, but that like it takes so much focus. In that world, to shine spotlights on that, and you know, I can't do it myself. You know, I say the coaches need coaches, man. I found that to be so true because what we can do for others. If you're a designer, you might have a crappy website, actually yourself. You know, you know, don't take your own photos, don't do your own video. You can't look yourself. You know, and, and you look in the mirror, but it's not exactly the same, you know. And so, God, it's just so much of that um, since 2000, early 2011, and it it's made all the difference in the world. And now. Again, do I have challenges a billion percent, but God, in the last 12 to 24 months, the ability to, to have things, my wife was in the hospital for two and a half days in January because she got food poisoning on a job we were at in Atlanta. It was horrible, horrible. <laughs> I never want to experience anything like that ever again. Um, but God, our, our attitudes, our mindset and everything else, again, did it make it any less horrible? Not necessarily, but our ability to get through that much quicker. That's the thing. How when you get knocked down, how quick can you get back up? And you know, in two thousand ten and eleven, man, I was down for the whole the whole two years, you know, two and a half years or more. But now it's like, it's just a, depending on what it is. That that knocked us out for about a month, you know. But I think two or three years ago, that could have knocked us down for a year or more. You know, just really screwed us up. So yeah,
0: well, it's it's one of those things. And one of my favorite lines from the Tao Te Ching goes: um, "A sage is." Uh, Let me pause. A sage is aware of her faults and therefore is faultless, Mm. right? Which is one of those, like, what is this, a koan, bro? Like, like tell me more (laughs) about that. But really, because when you become aware of your patterns and your blind spots and and those things like that, then you can actually build life support structures around those types of things so that they don't always cripple you,
1: right? It's like, if you know
0: you're bad at something and you're just honest, like, I'm terrible at that, and you're, you know, you you get the support team around you to, with that. Like, whenever that thing comes up, you're not falling in the same damn hole over and over again. Because you have a buddy who's like, hey, man, there's the hole. Like, don't fall into the hole. And you're like, oh, man, that's totally the hole, right? Um, but it's only when you're like, I'm perfect and I've got it all figured out that you fall in the hole and then you spill, spend a whole bunch of time crawling back out of it. And so, um, and, then,
1: and then three days later, you fall in a dang hole
0: again. And no, you no, you're so like, what time. is up? It's kind of like the people... Who like are always in a drama cycle with their with their relation oh. with their relationships and network, and they're like, I don't know, people just suck everywhere I go. Like, there's just a bunch of drama, and I'm like, well, maybe it's you,
1: right? And I know that sounds like you know Dude, a, a harsh I, thing to I, say, one hundred percent, man. What we focus on, I mean, I've seen that play out so much. What we focus on, man, it keeps appearing. That's all when you get into all the, you know, people say woo woo and whatever, but man, there's so much truth to that. Like what you focus on, it's, it's no coincidence that if crap's happening and you're like, God, life sucks right now, life sucks right now. And every day you wake it up, life sucks you know, and these people suck around me. Like it's, it's not, a. am leaving. I used to think that there was coincidences and all this. Now it's like, no, there's no coincidence that the fact that you wake up every day saying life sucks, that it keeps being horrible and all these bad things keep showing up. And if you can shift that and all of a sudden you go, oh wait, good things happen to good people and bad things happen to good people, you know, and all this kind of stuff. But it's like, things happen, life happens. And if you just recognize that and move forward, like you're saying, you have that awareness. Now it doesn't cripple you constantly. Um, you know, and it is that person. I mean, when I finally, you know, 2010 and 11 took onus over myself and didn't blame, you know, my now wife, like I, it was infallible, right? Like I didn't make it. I didn't, I no, 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 no. It's all her all her. She's the one screwing this up. She's got the problem. She's the one messed up. You know, and we do that in all areas of our life. And it wasn't until I go, well, (laughs) it's not all me. It's not all her. It's, it's just is in recognizing where are my faults in this? Maybe it isn't all her. Maybe it isn't all my friend over here and looking at myself, God, you do that. Oh my gosh. It made all the difference in the world. Recognizing, you know, we don't see others as they are, we see them as we are. So this idea sometimes that we're freaking pointing the finger at everybody else, but when we see something that we're angry about in that person, why are they doing that? It's because we we wouldn't, or maybe we're wishing, we, Like there's so many little variables that go into, when you start pointing fingers, you really need to look back and why are you pointing that finger? and Where is that really coming from? Because um, there's a lot more that that can say than you think it's just, I can't believe that guy's doing that. It's like, well no, you probably would never do that thing But there's still something there a lot deeper rooted than just that guy is doing bad things. And is it really bad? That's the other thing. I've I've found that I used to have so much envy and judgment on people. And it's because I was just – I had so much crap myself. And so I just wanted, again, spotlight in a different way. Not – not partly self-worth on that thing again, but also just this idea of like, I got to push things off of my weaknesses so that hopefully somebody else it gets the blame for, oh, that guy's bad over there. So let's point the spotlight over at him so they don't notice that I'm, you know, weak over here. So it, it's, it's really interesting um, when you really get into that.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you really want to, um, you really want to change some of the patterns that's happening in your life, like you can ask a variant of the same question. One is, how am I actively participating in what's going on, Mm -hmm. right? And so, like, if it's a relationship dynamic that's not going the way that you want, if you stop and say, how am I actively participating in this and creating this scenario, Yeah, then it's like, okay. Um, And then the other one is, like, for whatever angers me or triggers me, in what ways do I see myself in the scenario? Or what ways am I showing up in that scenario? Right. And then it's like, okay, it's really not about pointing the spotlight to that. It's, you know, anything that challenges you in that in that way, it touches to you. And so maybe maybe you're getting super fired up about maybe some of the injustices you see in the world. Well, yes, you can say certain things about that, but you can also say, wait a second, why this fires me up so much is that is something that's super, super important to me. And maybe I am not prioritizing doing something about that to the degree that I that I really know I should be. So, sure. I'm mad at somebody else, but really, what I am, is I'm, I'm mad that I'm like, I'm, I'm not doing I'm, anything about it. I'm not doing anything about it in my day to day life, yeah. or that's something that right. keeps tripping me up in certain ways. And yeah. so, it doesn't work for everyone, but it's at least a great sure. place to start, sure. right? Sure. Is to say, hey, like, where am I showing up in this scenario and how might I show up differently? And really, yeah. is that the work rather than just yeah. critiquing what somebody else is doing? Yeah, absolutely. And awesome. so um, you know, you you've supplied a lot there. Um, and I appreciate that. But there is one thing that I want to pull up. So sure. there you were talking to an accountant, I believe, last year. Yep, 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 about yep. yeah. About bankruptcy. Yeah. An attorney last year about yeah. your potential bankruptcy. Yeah. So and this was last year. So you made yep. the you 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 decaged yourself or uncaged yourself. Yep. Um, around 2010.
1: Uh and, Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yep, right, yep. With the other stuff we were talking about, with the yep. other stuff that we're talking about, but here sure. we are again in yet another cage that you had built yes. for yourself. So yeah. tell us a little bit about that and how you got there.
1: Yeah, so you know what happened was is really since high school I've been able. I told you I've been a great salesman. Well, I convinced my mom to get you know Best Buy credit card with zero percent financing for eighteen months, you know, or whatever. And uh, all the way back in high school, and then what had happened was is. And I don't put blame on her at all, um, but, you know, I was able to convince her. And then from there, like I never really – I never used cash, never used debit cards. I mean from 2004, thousand ish until last summer, everything that I made a transaction with was on a credit card. And then I had lines of credit and I had loans and I had these things. And so everything – was in a credit world in a in a debt world and i just had created what i didn't even fully realize was just a denial around it like i just it became it was my normal right like it was my normal and so man it was brutal something came up last summer i was working on um i was working on this this other business and it was i had kind of sabotaged some of my other stuff and what had happened was, is, and some people go, "Wow, I wish I was making that much." I had had the thing almost to four to six thousand dollars a month. I needed eight to twelve thousand dollars a month to pay all my bills. Mm-hmm. Three thousand almost was interest alone, which once shined a light was one of the biggest, like, what the heck? Like some people, I recognize now, like you could punch me in the face, like people don't make that a month in their jobs, and I'm burning. You might as well set fire to it. Um, but what happened was is I never missed payments. I paid all my bills. I always was able to maintain, maintain, maintain. But then even earlier in the year, I was spending more time getting another loan or another line to pay debt. And so somebody just kind of kicked me in the butt and brought some major awareness. I turned 30 last year as well. I got married last October and, uh, I started asking some of my influential friends and different people and asking opinions and man I two walks uh, you know two talks of advice that I got over and over again. Don't pay the credit cards ever again. Just ignore them. Don't answer the phone, don't answer your, you know, don't answer anything. Just ignore it. That was one. Two was bankruptcy. Only one person ended up giving me the advice of actually you can get out of this. Uh, it was so interesting. The majority was bankruptcy that's, and don't pay the credit cards. Now, maybe you could argue, well, you're terrible. running around with some weird, weird people. But these were if I mentioned some of the people, you would know who they are. So uh, yeah, I
0: can I can see how that would play out. Yeah.
1: So we'll leave it there. I, you know, that's back to the you know, what you see isn't what you get online uh, aspect on certain levels. But these were people who'd been through lots of things. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll go to them and see what they have to say, though. So I I wasn't really fully aligned with the advice that I was being given. And then um, I ended up, I mean, I went down the path uh, first of the bankruptcy and looking into that. And, boy, that was that was crazy. I mean, I never because people and then you talk about all of these things about judgment. Oh, my God, man, like people, I never spoke of this, like nobody besides my wife and really my mom and maybe my dad knew I even had debt, let alone one hundred fifty thousand dollars of debt that. I never talked about People just saw me as this traveling, inspirational, motivational guy, got it together, rocking and rolling, right? And so I thought, oh, my God, like, how am I going to deal with that? How am I going to now? I loved inspiring and helping. I'm thinking, what kind of a BS fraud am I going to be sitting here freaking doing all this stuff? Now I go bankrupt. I'm like, that's going to suck big time. It didn't feel right. I had one guy who ended up telling me, you can get out of this. And what I did was, is I actually didn't pay anything but like my car and my rent and that was about it. All the credit cards, I didn't pay for two months. Fascinating enough for anybody who's listening, who's uh, uh, curious in the similar situation, Chase, US Bank, Capital One, all these credit cards would do nothing for me until I didn't make the payments. I was the I was the upstanding citizen of the, you know. Yeah, hey, we don't have a problem
0: old. here, right? We don't have a yeah. problem, Gibbs. Like, That's what they said, you've man. been paying for like 10 years. I don't understand.
1: 100%. And so... I had one, they were all on autopilot. That's why I just, you know, they just got paid. And so what happened was, is uh, all of them, except for one, I ended up calling them, they put me on 0% interest and payoff plans. Now I had to kill them, they're gone, which I considered an addiction. Like I was the king of 0% balance transfers and then getting to the root of a problem again. The root of the problem wasn't interest, it was my habits and, and, you know, the way I was spending money. And so I transfer the money and I fill that credit card back up. That's how it just kept stockpiling. And so by doing that, they gave me zero interest and whatever. I had one and exactly all these other ones, they did that with me. And then they said, we can't do anything. So, okay. I was like, well, no, this works now. I just won't pay you for two months. I didn't say this to him and I did it. I called him back. They took care of it. And that was about August, July, August last year. Uh, I've paid off about half of it since then already. The weight, even though it's there, I have debt now. In those two, like two months, I felt what debt-free would would look like. So it gave me this like light, this sense of hope. This I know where I, I can be. I know where I'm going. I know that the bankruptcy wasn't right. And man, the jobs, the opportunities, the things just started clicking like gangbusters. And then there's where the focus, right? Like I just started focusing on what mattered. It wasn't about focusing on how do I go to the next bank and get them to give me another $15,000, but rather I got to get jobs now. Because now rather than 15,000 on a credit card, where then I have a $300 come out of my bank account, because that's all the minimum payment is. Now, if I want to spend $15,000, that that is coming out of my bank account. And if there ain't 15,000 in there, I got a problem. So that was just, it was a massive mental shift. And man, that's what what started to help me identify that these surface level problems or problems that we, we think they are, you keep fixing this over here to the left when the problem's on the right, but you keep fixing this left thing that keeps showing up. And then it keeps showing up and showing up and you're like, what is going on here? I'm fixing the problem, right? And that helped me see that what we're fixing isn't always the real problem. And, and until you identify what's the real root problem, you'll just find yourself in the same situation over and over and over again. So now, I mean, it's like pretty much just debit. I mean, we have, they're actually my wives, you know my wives, plural, no singular, but uh, her credit card. And I only when I travel, cause I travel so much and they're like really weird about rental cars and things with, with debit. So we have that, but like, I don't feel that addiction that I had like an alcoholic might have or whatever, like if they haven't overcome it yet and you keep putting you know, alcohol in front of them, it's going to have a real hard time not drinking it. And so for me, like it took that, that period of time of just, I don't have access to them. I can't spend them, you know? And there's, again, some people would say, no, 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 no. You'll ruin your credit score. If you kill. it, you got to find another way. Right. And I'm like, dude, I, I I'm addicted. Like I'm not going to overcome this unless I cannot use it. That's my personality. And so recognizing that in my personality helps me fix the problem. So anyways, like that's kind of where I sit, but it feels so good to not have these, these secrets to hold hostage where people think one thing of me, but I'm sitting here in the back going, ah, but they don't know this and this. And so now like it's a collective whole, like I'm like, I, you talk about freedom, like. I, I feel like a free man. I don't feel like a fraud. I feel like I'm sharing the process of what's happening and you can come along for the ride. And yes, there are things I might know or be better at quote unquote than you. And then other things I'm not trying to even position as an expert in any capacity, but I'm trying to, it is a collective whole showcase. Here's things I do know really well. Here's things I'm working through. And then that gives me this kind of holistic thing where ah, I just feel, I mean, it feels great. Like that's the bottom line. Like last year I felt like crap. On, on that level of like, I want to be this person inspiring. I love doing that. People have had transformation, but I'm sitting here on this back end with this this weight that's like this little secret that I'm afraid I'm going to be caught on. And and so, you know, and I knew getting married, I, I couldn't carry all that crap. So you can fix things real quick. I mean, if anybody's really worrying, like you can fix things, but it, it takes like, you know, you have to take away the passing of judgment because now like, even though I didn't go bankrupt, I'm still talking about the fact that, was a possibility. I had a ton of debt. But what I find lots of people have lots of debt like and so most people are afraid. But when one person opens up, it gives people permission to go, I'm not alone. Okay, I'm good. Maybe I can reach out and and get a little bit of advice and no, you're not going to be judged Um, because that's what we all hate. I think a lot being judged. Everybody we think we're Oh, my problem's unique and special snowflake type of thing. And we find that it's not, that's the truth, but we still can be conditioned that way because we're painting these beautiful pictures on social media where we think everybody's, you know, amazing lives. So anyways.
0: No, well, I I so appreciate the courage to share the story because I know that debt and being near bankruptcy is a huge source of shame and embarrassment and just for a lot of people. Um, What I'll also say, and this is my frustration in sort of the entrepreneurial world is so few people talk about financial intelligence and knowing your numbers, yeah. right? We talk <laughs> so much about sales and so much about marketing and so much about all this sort of cool or stuff. Or the
1: gross numbers. Or I the gross numbers. I was
0: like, I don't care if you make a hundred thousand months, how much do you have left over and how much are you paying yourself? And what does that show up on your PL? Right. Because right. those are the questions that matter, right? Not like I'd rather someone make, you know, if they, you know, I'd rather someone make considerably less and be able to pay cash with a lot of different things and have a good quality of life and things like that
1: than to make five times as much, but pay six times as much. Yeah. yeah, We have the prison, the prisons are, I mean, people want freedom, but my, my, when I made $16,000 or $8,000 as a senior in high school, and then I made 60 and then I made $40,000, my like, the third or fourth year in business. The reality is then I kept increasing. I kept grossing over a hundred thousand, but the reality is what happened? I just increased all my expenses. So I, you know, I was happy when I didn't have much. Then I'm making 10 times more money and I was more unhappy, you know, cause people think, oh, more money, more this, you know, then it's not more money, more problems either. It's just, again, root what is the core? So I was making more money. But hell, if I would have gotten up to a million dollars, I wouldn't have been any happier than at 40000 because the same problem would have existed. I would have been spending $980,000 a year and I wouldn't have had any money left over. Yeah, you'd be Unless like, wait
0: is, a second. This is not, I mean, and it's just one of those like, I'm, I'm not a financial planner, right? And so sure. there are plenty of qualified financial planners. But here's one of those basic rules. If you're spending more than you earn, it will catch up with you, right? Dude. Twelve years later, they're yeah, it, it, up with it's me. for all of us. It's not just you, but it's so easy no, to exactly. do that, right? It's 100%. so easy to do that. It's like, well, because you know, I've seen this happen enough with my clients. It's like, well, you know, we're like a thousand bucks shy, so we'll put it on the card and we'll put it on the thing, and then they're like, okay, but we'll pay it off next month, and then you but know, there's no like,
1: discipline to do that.
0: There's no <laughs> discipline to do that. But then when we do, when we actually make the projections, right? I had a client that we had to do this last week, right? When we make the projections, he's like, I need to earn X. And I was like, actually, you need to earn X plus Y, which is your, the Y is the debt payoff, right? Mm. That's what we need to earn if you're going to get any headway on this, right? Yeah. Otherwise, you're just going to accrue interest on this side of things. And yeah. those are the talks, those are the not sexy talks of entrepreneurship and running a business and life management that we don't go into because it's easy to go into inspirational and not no, no discredit there. But it's, it's sure, super sure, sure. easy to do that until we wake up in the morning and realize, like, shit, like we're stuck, because we're so worried that that uh, that foundation might crumble and if that foundation there's, crumbles I mean, the
1: whole thing slides dude there's my inspirational though like for me i mean i mean you've had the whole conversation here i mean there's lots that i can just i you know if people don't go deeper i'm very because i'm high energy I can be very easily perceived as rah-rah rah, man, take action. You can do it and all is good and anything is possible. And I use some of those words, but what I recognize, hopefully the inspiration comes from, it's not easy. Here's things that have happened to me. Here's how I work through this manure, you know, that I had created, this crap. And in in in, in coming from an inspiration that way. Rather than how I've seen some inspiration is what you're saying. It's just, hey, you can do this and you can do that and follow the, the, the five steps and da-da-da-da to success. And it's like, oh my God, if success were only a, a, a scripted blueprint, like life would be wonderful, I guess, right? But like my life hasn't been built on a script and neither is anyone else's. So thinking that you can succeed and win simply by scripted formulas and frameworks. Those things are important to help, you know, blend things sometimes and make things work, but they are not the end-all cure. Life is not this perfect one, two, three, four, and now you're here. Like it's, it just goes all over the place. You've seen, I mean, that picture where it's like, here's what people think, straight line, and then they show the squiggly line. You know, it's like, but that's the truth. Like that is the truth. And anybody, I've learned, run a hundred miles in the opposite direction. If you got somebody telling you. That like it's easy, it's not on a hard work, push this button, buy this, do that, and and all the work out in 90 days or something like no, 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 no run for the hills because i have I have been sucked I mean I have i hate to even say it it's like shameful it feels like but it's like if it could save somebody else like I've been suckered into those things they say the right things I'm like ah yes okay that's that's it and then you know I'm just grossly disappointed six months later
0: because <laughs> didn't solve the root problem right <laughs> yeah it didn't solve the root problem and, and that's the thing everything has a cost yeah, right. Exactly. Everything has a cost. And the, and the more the transformation, the more it's going to cost you. And it might not be money. It just might be decision making, might be getting oh, to some of these things. But if your life is not where you want it to be and you think that you, there's just like an easy button that you press and then tomorrow you're, it's going to be there. Yeah. That, that's one of those things you might want to think about because I have very rarely seen it happen that someone's Life is transformed in that way, unless they make the commitment the following day to fundamentally start changing some of the things that have gotten in. No, because if somebody
1: gets dumped, if all of a sudden such and such passes away and you're in your family and they dump you $500,000, all your root problems are there. And then that's why the money's not there in two months or two years or three years, you know, because you didn't know how to do any of that. So it didn't, your life did change pretty doggone drastically overnight. There's no doubt about it, but it also will be right back where it was in just a matter of time because you have no idea how to deal with any of that. And that's what I've seen in people. So yeah, I'm learning so much in helping others, also that idea of that root problem thing that's a big thing that I've been you know overcoming lately and I see that so many are affected by that cuz we're just seeing this surface level stuff Then we wonder why these things keep creeping up. That's what happened to me. I mean, so many things just creeping, creeping, creeping. So, yeah,
0: just like our bodies like seek homeostasis, like it it likes to stay the same temperature, it likes to stay the same weight, it likes to stay the same metabolic output, so on and so forth. I think in our lives, we seek homeostasis as well, which means all these things that we're talking about, these cages, the reason they go with us is they're a part of the homeostatic system. Right, and until you're like, oh, I'm not taking this thing, or it's time to root that one out, and you go on the massive diet or the exercise or whatever yeah. that, that that analogy is that works for that different thing. Yeah. Guess what? You're going to find homeostasis yet again. And I'm not. Yep. We're not trying to sound dour here. We're actually trying to give hope. Right, that that's where the change happens. Is finding yeah. those things. You're that, not alone. That's yeah. You're not thing. alone. Yeah, you're not alone, and it's overcomable.
1: And yep. if it takes a while, that's okay. Yeah, well, that's the cool thing, man. When I had my did my first wedding video, there was one DVD to look at. My mom was cleaning a house. She got the person who got married's their DVD and gave that to me to look at. That's how I did my first video back in 2005. Now in any area, you got debt and different things. Now, granted, the ability to connect with a person one-on-one might be the only nuance different, but there is there is no problem, there is no thing that you can't find something online to see, oh, somebody else has to go through this. Like, I knew that people went through bankruptcy, I knew people went through debt and all these things, but on personal levels, that's where the only nuance difference is, is people still, you know, they might be single, They might not have a lot of friends. They might show up to their job and there's things that people don't know about them and they don't have, they've never opened up. And that's where I've been able to shift personally big and see others is when, God, we just open up and we talk to other people. But that was one area, fascinatingly enough, I didn't even really, like, it's crazy to say, but didn't really know was or think was a problem. It was like my life. Like I just, credit cards were just natural part of my life. It wasn't that, oh, this is a huge problem. Unlike when I was really upset and kind of depressed in 2010 and 11 over like being nine months behind on these videos and doing work that I wasn't inspired, by, like that was, it was a whole different thing. That was definitively a problem. Whereas I just kept kind of living life and paying on credit cards. And I just thought, oh yeah, I loan. You know, I made money of course, but at the same time I equally spent tons of it. Um, so it's just interesting. Sometimes if we don't watch it, there's certain things happening that we might actually not even think are a problem. And it wasn't until like somebody really shined the light, but then I was also like, holy crap, like I'm making, like our lifestyle, after everything I've experienced now, the lifestyle we need to be happy, oh my God, I've been making it since I was like 19. You know, I've been making the money we need to actually, I can go have sushi, I love sushi, we love going to the movies, like we love you know just simple things, but it doesn't cost me $10,000 a month, it doesn't cost me $5,000 a month. But I needed ten because I freaking had all this. I had all this instant gratification and and pointing the spotlight on. Is it a car? Is it a this? Is it a that? It's gonna make me happy. And I'm like, Pfft, no, it's real simple. I don't care. I don't need to impress anybody with my car. I don't need to impress anybody with anything. Like I want to be happy. And and this isn't. I'm, um, you know, people sometimes think because somebody I've heard this. So this is why I'm gonna say this out loud. Is people you're talking about? I no, I was the guy before this. Sometimes get confused who I'm talking to. But like. The idea, if you start lowering expenses and lowering certain things, people think, "Well, it's success, man. You got a, you know, got a 10x, you got a 20x, you got to make more money." It's not about penny pinching. No, I'm not penny pinching. It's just I know now that root problem. If I would have made 10 times as much money, the root problem's there. I'm not any happier, and I need now more money because now I have more. So now yeah, it's now just now you'd like, like,
0: have like three houses and four times as many
1: cars, and you yeah, like exactly <laughs> right. And now I've got to sustain that to impress all these people. So now it's like, I don't care and what we need is so simple. So now freedom can come from still generating as much as I want or can make while I only need a micro portion of it. And then I can do some really cool things with the other money that's left over. But on top of that, talk about freedom. If I got five years worth of money, like there ain't no five years in my playbook that I don't make money unless I'm crippled. Like I, it's a morbid way thing to say, but like, being who I am and how some of the other people, if you really think about that, that's freedom because I'm not going to go two months, three months probably generating zero dollars. Sure, months, ebb and flow, they come up and down, but like that's where the freedom can come. And I think, God, if if I would have changed anything, it would have been the interest part, not anything else, but how I would have spent certain things. So I didn't have the interest that I burned because right there I could have I hate to even say it, but almost $100,000 in the bank right now, just from interest. And so, you know, you think about that, all that instant gratification, like you said, it caught up. So things might not come up with now, but yeah. Yeah,
0: no matter what it is, the bill always comes due. (laughs) That's a good way of putting it. All right, so, Gabs, you're the guest for today's episode. So you get to listen, you get to issue our listeners either a challenge or an invitation to do something, to take action on what, something from what we've talked about in today's episode. So um, what would you invite or challenge our listeners to do?
1: Oh man, um, you know, one of the big things that I say is the worst thing is you're gonna get is to you know and you get to know when you don't ask or you don't try. The Only time there's opportunity for something good to happen is when you ask or try. Um, you know, I'm not a big lottery guy, but you can't win the lottery if you don't buy a ticket, right? Typically is <laughs> the way it works. And so for me, if there's that thing that you're afraid of doing, that whole thing around MIA and imperfect action is like, just take that first step. You don't need, you, you know, the, the cliche, you can't eat what the, the elephant, you got to get one bite at a time or whatever, man, that is life. And that's one big takeaway after all these years is we just got to take it step by step, but take the first step. So if it's debt, like, talking, like getting it off your shoulders, talking to somebody. If it's, you know, you're wanting this job or this opportunity. I mean, the Tim Ferriss, the Tony Robbins, these big things, I sent an email and I provided value first. I wanted to give. And so for me, it's like, take that first step, send that email, meet that person, make that phone call and just open up. And once you do that and you release that, like it just gets easier after that. And each time you do it, it gets easier and easier. So anyways, All right. rock and roll.
0: Yep. Thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Awesome, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man.
0: All right, listener. So you heard it from Michael I'm um, otherwise known as Gibbs. What can you do between now and the next week to take that small step and take massively imperfect action on something that will fundamentally change your life? It could be being more vulnerable. It could be opening up. It could be reaching out to that person you've wanted to reach out to. Whatever it is, take one small step within the next week.